Hey, this is Commander Hugo Podcast, episode 83. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan and Deborah to conclude the arc of Tier 1 Tune Downs from Toontown with a dirty ass turns deck. Now hit our theme song. Hey, Ryan, we're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? A whole ton is going down. We've reached the end of another arc. And I guess that will uh, also conclude another giveaway, which we'll talk about later. We're going to do an Azorius list. Yeah, hold on. Hold on a second. Two things. Your intro, you <laughs> sounded so enthused. <laughs> Hit our theme song. <laughs> it's very early. We both had late nights. There's an 18-inning baseball game you were watching. Yeah, and I- it's Azorius list. I'm sure you're pumped. <laughs> I was driving a wrestling ring around all night. It was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. It's the nightmare from so you hell. You look like a party float, hey, or like a parade float with a wrestling ring dragged behind the truck. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Two was... dudes just going up against the ropes, <laughs> going down Main Street. It was a nightmare. But we're here, and we're we're happy to be here. Yes, and concluding the arc of Tier 1 Toon Downs from Toontown, you, after five weeks, can say it on the fly pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. That's not the part that I screw up the most in the intros. Yeah, you forget to say our names, you forget to turn the mics on, <sighs> you forget to, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a struggle. It's a struggle. It's real. It's okay, though. Yeah, well, we got plans for the next arc. We're going to tease that just for one hot second. There it is. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. Yeah, I like it. And uh, before that, though, bonus episode. Yeah, we're going to record it right after we record this episode, and then we're going to release it on, I think, Wednesday. Yes. Uh, and we're going to do, well, I'm going to do my best to have it all edited and, and scrubbed nice and clean and shiny so that we can release it on Wednesday, the day after this episode hits the, uh, not, is it the air? Ah. Is it the podcasto space? The internet at large? Sure, let's go with that. Sure. I like that. I like that lots. Social media coordinates? Social media coordinates. I'm going to try and go fast, but it is early, so bear with me. We're CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see this week's list, next week's list, last week's list, and any other list that we've done throughout the course of the show or will do in the future. We're commandercookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, new arc suggestions, no nudes. Well. Halloween nudes coming up. Ooh. You know everybody's like makes those scantily cat-eared cat costumes. Let's just blow the whole fast social media coordinates out of the water. Our wrestling show last night was next to one of the big bars in Saskatoon, and there was a Halloween pub crawl that had just rolled in. Uh-oh. And there were so many half-naked drunk people, like dudes and chicks. It was... Well, yeah, dudes. Madness. Get, dudes getting naked on Halloween now too. Yeah, lots of uh, wearing cat ears on their junk. There was a bunch of the three hundred guy dudes from three hundred. Were just like loincloths, oh. and it was cold. Were they three hundred pounds? Yes. So yeah. Yeah, not of muscle though. Like, oh, they were like there was a lot of fat people. That's uh, okay. There was lots of girls in their underpants with like literal cat tails just pinned to the back. You could see the pins, and it was just a tail, and then them in their underwear. That's not shaming, but that's a. That's a low effort costume. That is low effort, um, but I will applaud them if they didn't wear jackets all night because, yeah, like you said, it was cold. Yeah, it was not good. But, uh, hey, man, I mean, whatever floats your boat. Gotta love Halloween when you're, like, in college, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I suppose. We're old and crotchety now. Yeah. My back hurts. 
My back hurts too. I yeah, my back actually hurts. I like fell asleep on the couch watching that big ass long eighteen inning baseball game. <laughs> my back hurts. <laughs> Anyways, social Anyways, media coordinates, social Halloween media. nudes. <laughs> we are also Commander Cookout on iTunes, Google Play, Google Machine, YouTube, Facebook, Patreon, EDHREC.com, Podomatic, where we maintain a stranglehold on the top one or two spots. So keep oh. checking in with us there. Help us maintain that excellent positioning that we enjoy so much. You can also find us on FlipsideGaming.com where you can use promo code CCOFU to get 10% off your entire order store-wide. Or our generous partners for this ARC's giveaway, MTGOnslaught.com where you can use the same promo code CCOFU to get 15% off your entire order site-wide. And that includes things like playmat bags, sweet tokens, life counters, and all the other kind of stuff that you need to pimp your game outside the game. And, of course, there is always the official official home of Commander Cookout Podcast on the entire internet, commandercookout.com. Less fast, but accurate. Yeah, I don't think I I missed anything that time, so that's that's handy. And new articles getting loaded into commandercookout.com all the time. They're working on stuff lots. Uh, speaking of working on stuff, YouTube content coming out. Yes, that should be released in the next, I don't want to put you under a time constraint, next week or so, do you think? Very much so, yeah. We've got some stuff in the bag. We are in the um, post-production. Good word, good word. Yeah, we're like professional wording things now. <laughs> what the hell has happened to us? I don't know. Let's go back to opposite town. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so we'll let you guys know... Uh, on our social media and stuff, when those things are available for viewing. And if you want to check those out, we would really appreciate it. And we'd like to spend a, send an extra special shout-out to everybody who has kind of supported us as our channel and show has grown to give us the opportunity to do these things. Uh, we really enjoy it, and I hope you will too. So thank you very much. Sort of getting into it, you are building a new thing. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Uh-oh. I can't believe I'm about to say this. No. Oh. Obligatory mention, the last time I built a new thing, it was a stack stack. Oh, we yeah, all, there it is. We all know how that worked out. So I've decided to dial it back on the dirtbag factor as a whole. Like 87 notches? Yeah, and now I just feel bad that I'm building a mono white deck. Uh, oh. oh. Couple things on that. Let's start with the negatives and then move to the positives. Okay. Okay. First thing. You hate white. Oh, yeah. What gives? It's the worst. Yeah, that's the second thing I was going to (laughs) say. Oh, wait, what do you mean? Why are you building a mono white list? Because I don't have a mono white list, and I don't really know what, you know, maybe my feelings about white have changed. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I don't hate it as much. I just want to try a new thing, and I'm going to build this mono white deck, and it's not going to be some jank theme deck. It's going to be a jank deck deck built with things that I have. And I think I kind of based my building stratagem around a conversation that you and I had, uh, we'll just say a few days ago, just because. Yeah, radio talk, a few days ago. And uh, where we were talking about, maybe we need to, maybe our meta has kind of entered into a different phase, a more, I don't want to say competitive phase, but a more like a different kind of phase oh, than we're usually yeah, playing. Yeah, I remember talking about this, how it all ebbs and flows. And right now we're really stuck in a lot of grindy decks, lots of um, 
long games, lots of interactions on the field, and uh, I think you're shaking it up. Yeah, and I'm going to try and come into that with a mono-white deck and just blow everybody out of the water. So, like, 87 Wrath Dot deck. Yes. What are you, Jesse? You're going to wish I was Jesse. <laughs> You're going to wish I only played as many Wraths as Jesse played. Right? I mean, re- real talk. This is a real thing. In my in my binders, when I went to build this deck, I, I own nothing but giant white bombs, incidental white things that I've picked up over the course of collecting magic cards, and Wraths. That's all I have. Because I don't play white, and the only time I splash white is for wraths. To pair it with other things. Yeah, yeah. but now that all I have is white, it's it's just wraths. Hmm. If it kills, if it says destroy all creatures on it, I probably have one, and it might have found its way into this deck. Very excellent. It's gonna be a, a shit show. You know what I like? This is this is thing three. Okay, thing one, white sucks. Or yes, it you, does. You hate white. Thing two, white sucks. <laughs> sure does. Thing three, I'm happy that. Whatever it is, you and I, our dialogue on magic and how extensive it's been over the last year and a half or two years, um, the podcast, CCO Nation helping or inspiring or encouraging, whatever it is, if that makes people in my playgroup build new decks, that's like my favorite thing. Hmm. I love deck building and we build a lot of decks. Yeah, we do. I, I build decks outside of the show in addition to the show decks. Uh, I'm working on that Eric Smithy's deck right now. When one of our playgroup people build a new deck, it's like you're rediscovering some tiny little minute corner of the game that hasn't existed before. You've never played Mono White. So maybe when you play Mono White, something fun and new and interesting happens that doesn't happen when anybody else plays mono white or maybe you find some cool card that i haven't seen or haven't seen for a while right smitty's building um the new niv mizzet as well yep and he doesn't have an is it deck currently i don't think he ever has or i've never seen him play one over the 10 years that we've been playing together uh and some kind spell slinger deck maybe and it's like hey that's something new that's going to be different for when we sit down it's like he's got some new little thing super fun that's true and i I agree with you i think that is kind of a super fun thing i wish everybody in our play group would get on it so f you guys Mm -hmm. um so i guess hey to cco nation do like when somebody builds a new deck or when you build a new deck is it like a, a new baby, or is it like, uh, oh, here they come with their whatever again? Like, do you appreciate it as much as we do, I guess, right? Yeah. I guess, do you appreciate your your meta being flipped up or mixed up as, as much as we do, or as much as you're maybe looking forward to, right? Yeah, well, I hope so. I mean, it's it's a thing that everybody could and should look forward to, as it does the what we talk about on the show at least once a week, varied gameplay experience. That's what we're here for. And if you play the same decks every week, you're not going to get that. Yeah, and you know what else? Uh, Just to expand on that just a little bit, lots of people tune their decks for the meta that they play in, assuming that the meta is what the meta is. Um, I guess it's up to any of the deck brewers or the people who like brewing decks out there. It's up to them, us, to make sure that meta is constantly always morphing into something new. So everybody kind of gets a turn playing in the meta that they like. You don't like the super grindy meta that we're playing in right now, so you're taking it on your own shoulders to play something that is aimed at changing it up. Yes. Very good. I think that 
the list that we're talking about today could maybe do that. Yeah, it could. You yeah, sound could. you sound enthralled. I'm getting the look. If this is our YouTube <laughs> channel, you guys would see the look. <laughs> hey, that's a thing. I could give you the look now, and everybody would be like, oh, shit. Something's about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> this deck is really cool. Looking through it before the show and kind of going over what it does and stuff, I actually do kind of dig it. It's just feels so dirty to me it does but uh, remember expanding out of your comfort zone or, or looking at the horizon and seeing what else is out there maybe this is the kind of thing that you end up liking maybe well now is the i usually rage at decks like this i usually rage at them let's uh let's give the let's give the commandy a read here okay we're doing taigam ojitai master he is a human monk three four for white blue two instance sorcery and dragon spells <laughs> You control can't be countered by spells or abilities. Cool. So all your white and blue dragons are going to just get in there. Yes. There's so many of those. Whenever you cast an instance or sorcery spell from your hand, if he's attacked this turn, that spell has rebound, which means you play it, it happens, and then at the beginning of your next turn, like during your upkeep, it happens again. Specifically when you cast it and it has rebound, it goes to exile. And then the following upkeep, you cast it from exile, and it goes where? To the graveyard. Important when we go through some of the cards in the deck. Yes. Dirtbag sandwich? Um, oh, definitely dirt sandwich, yeah. I think so. Now, the thing that I wanted to mention about this list, the competitive version of it aims to take infinite turns. Of course it does. And it runs a huge counter suite, huge fast mana suite. Of course it does. And it's like $7 trillion. Of course it is. Yeah, and it's only a two-color deck. So where's all that money coming from? It's coming from extra turn spells that were printed in weird sets like Portal, Portal Three Kingdoms. It comes from Mana Crypt, Mana Vault, Grim Monolith, Ancient Tomb, City of Traitors, uh, Force of Will, Mana Drain, and a whole ton of Shocklands and other fast mana. So what do we do here on Commander Cookout Podcast? We dump all that crap in the garbage and play junk. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> so we usually start with Creech. We do usually start with Creech. And we're going to this week too because last week we had probably one of the most intense Creature Suites we've ever done on the show. And it was a long show. Yeah. This one? Nah. <laughs> let's do it. All right, let's, let's just do it. This sure. Is gonna, this is going to be fun. Creature number one, Avon Mind Sensor. Flash flying 2-1 for white two. If an opponent would search a library, they search the top four cards instead. Nice. Shuts off tutors, shuts off fetch lands, shuts off everything. And it's a bird guy with a laser lance and, like, x-ray goggles. So that's cool. Yes. I just like that. Yes. Creature number two. Baral, Chief of Compliance. 1-3 for blue one. Both wizards. Instants and sorceries we cast cost one less to cast. If a spell or ability we control would counter a spell, draw a card, then discard a card. Yeah. Yeah, looting. And you know what? We actually take advantage of that looting by putting the discarded card into our graveyard. Ooh. That's where you discard cards to, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> Creature number three, Tigam. End of Creature Suite. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. So before we move on to the next section, why don't you play Azoria's Guildmage? Uh, oh, you know, I actually kind of like that instead of Avon Mind Sensor because it's reusable. Um, let me see if I got it right. The, the important part. Creature, 
Azorius Azorius Hybrid, you can pay a Azorius Hybrid to counter target activated ability? It's uh it's white two tap a bro or blue two counter target activated ability. Oh yeah, I knew it countered activated ability. I suppose it costs less, but before you get to turn off a fetch land in response to them sacrificing it, you have to spend five instead of even mind sensor just spending three to flash them in and that's it. Yeah. But that being said, searching the top four with your fetch land, you still could get your land. You could hypothetically still get your land. Whereas with Azoria's Guild Mage, it's like sack a land, pay one, get wrecked, you scrub. Yeah. I suppose both have their place and both probably see a lot of play together. Even Mind Sensor a little bit harkens back to the tier one or the competitive list that we're trying to tune down. Because it's a less it's of a mana investment. Less of a mana investment, and it can hard shut off tutors when your tutor is to find the the type of spell that you have one of in the deck. Chances are that it's not in the top four. Right. All right. Let's move on to some instants. This is going to be a little bit more in-depth, but not as in-depth as you would think. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of moving on. Yeah, lots of redundancy here. So let's start with, apparently, everybody's favorite blue card, Cyclonic Rift. Bounce a thing or bounce all things? Swords to Plowshares. Kill a thing for one mana. Now, just real quick, no path to exile in the deck because I don't want to give you mana. I don't care about giving you life, though. Neat. Okay. Brainstorm. Draw three, put two back on the top of your library at instant speed. Counterspell. Counters a spell. Delay. Counters a spell with delay counters on it. I don't actually like this one. It it um, suspends something for three. Um, it costs blue one. Counter target spell removed from the game with three time counters on it. Then they cast it from exile or whatever. I don't know. Pick a different two mana counter spell. I just... I actually like this one better than remand. Oh, yeah? Because with remand, they hypothetically speaking, let's say that they're going to wrath your guy. You remand it back to their hand. You draw a card, and then they wrath your guy. I suppose, yeah. Like At least with delay, it's out, and then in three turns, they have to play it. And you know it's coming, so you can yeah, get ready you for can, it. Yeah, you can hold up an extra counter spell for when they when they play it. Okay, yeah, I like delay. Or maybe if they're, gonna, <laughs> or maybe if they're playing like a, a wrath, right? They want a wrath right then, but now there's a wrath coming in three turns. So you've bought yourself all kinds of time, because nobody's going to play... Cre- like, blow out a whole bunch of creatures yeah, into a wrath. In let's call this a creatureless deck. Really, it kind of almost is. If somebody knows there's an impending wrath in three turns, nobody's going to play creatures. So that wrath functionally did its job already, and I still have my guy out. Yeah, you're you're wrathing three turns. Yeah, my Tygom is what I mean, because we actually do want to play that as soon as possible, usually. So delay, not as bad as people think. Okay, yeah. Next up, we have Dig Through Time. Okay, so this is Blue Blue 6 for a Delve, and you look at the top seven cards of your library, and then you put um, two of them into your hand, the rest on the bottom in any order. Harkens back to the competitive list, but does get a lot less good because I took all of the fetch lands out. So you don't have like your polluted deltas and your flooded strands to exile to make it cost less. Delve is you take a card in your graveyard and remove it from the game, and it makes the card the spell cost one colorless less. Yeah. So you um, could do this for two if you remove six cards in your graveyard. Granted, we're going to have counter spells and we're going to have like our brainstorms and stuff in there, but uh, you'll see we want to get a bunch of that stuff back so we don't want to exile it. Moving on. How about disallow? Three mana, counter a spell, activated or triggered ability. 
Disenchant. Two mana. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Dispel. One mana. Counter target instant spell. Factor fiction. Ooh. Instant speed. Blue three. Reveal the top five cards of your library. An opponent separates those into two piles. Put one pile into your hand, the other into your graveyard. So great for your dig through time. And we're playing Treasure Cruise too, also another delve draw three spell, but also good for our graveyard getter backers. We're going to talk about those in a minute. And on this card, is that Hannah and Squee? It is. Just looking through plans. Looking for yeah, stuff. one of your favorite characters and one of my favorite characters. Neat. And who's the artist there? Tyrese Nielsen. Tyrese Nielsen. Love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have Forbid. Forbid. Blue, blue, one. Counter a spell. Buyback. Discard two cards. And remember, we got Graveyard Gitter Backers. Nice. Really? Got the look. Force of Will. So excellent. I just got a shiver. Gives me, gives, make me feel so dirty. <laughs> Exile a blue card from your hand. Pay a life. Counter target spell for free. Oh, for free! Worst. So good. Okay, how about Force Spike? Oh, yeah. Opposite direction of, count, of uh, Force of Will. <laughs> blue, counter target spell, unless its controller pays one. Ugh. It sounds not very good, but you can catch people with that you in EDH. Ca- it's dirtier than Force of Will, actually, yeah, like, because you catch people in EDH tapping out. Because Force of Will is like, okay, you, you got me, you forced me, whatever. You get Force Spike, that's your fault. Yeah, I definitely that- forced you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we have Frantic Search. Oh, instant speed, draw two, then discard two. Remember, Graveyard Gitter Backers, then untap three lands. That's for three mana. That's a good one. Yeah, so excellent. How about Impulse? That's a look at the top four, put one into your hand, the rest on the bottom for two mana. Mana Leak. Ooh, this one especially in there for F.U. Smitty. F.U. Smitty. Counter spell unless its controller pays three, but it only costs blue one. Next up, this is my favorite cycle of cards, I think, in Magic. The color shifted cards. The color shifted cards. And this one is Mana Tithe. Yes. Exactly like Force Spike, except for white. Did I ever tell the Force Spikes or the, the Mana Tithe story? No, but I think that it makes you feel dirtier than Force Spike because it's white. Yeah, yeah you leave your... You leave your uh, Swords to Plowshares mana up, and they think that they can just get their card in, and then they're like, tap out, cast my thing. You're like, yeah, mana tithe. Oh! What kind of white deck is this? <laughs> yeah, that's the funniest <laughs> thing that ever happened to you. All right, next up, we have Mental Misstep. Counter target spell with converted mana cost one, and it's for Phyrexian blue. Kind of weird. I don't know if it's super relevant in a tuned down list. It might be a cut. Yeah, I think you could probably cut that one in a again in a tuned down casual meta. Like, I don't think it is a it. free counter spell for something like an opponent's path to XL or swords to plowshares. But I think that's what you get ninety percent of the time with probably, it. Probably, yeah. Next up we have misdirection. That's another free one. You exile a blue card to change the target of a spell. Or it costs blue blue three if you want. Neat. How about Mystic Confluence? Blue blue three again. You choose three. And the three things that you could pick more than once of are counter target spell unless the controller pays three. Mana leak. Return target creature to its owner's hand. Unsummon. Draw a card. Draw a card. Yes, so for five mana, you can do any of those things three times. That's neat. Yeah, draw three for five at instant speed. That's fine. Counter target spell unless they pay nine or six or three. Like, it's going to get whatever you want to counter with it. And it's going to do other stuff. That's an awesome card. That's a really cool card. I like that lots. How about Negate? Counter creature spell for two mana. Opt. Scry one, draw a card. 
Pact of Negation. Free counterspell, but you lose the game next turn if you don't pay five. Uh, don't care because we're going to win the game next turn. Right. Predict. Ooh, here's a spicy little nugget originally from Odyssey. Blue one, choose a card name, then target player puts the top card of their library into the graveyard. If that card has the chosen name, you draw two cards. Otherwise, draw one card. So we got Brainstorm, we've got Opt, we've got Scry things, we're playing Ponder, Preordain. Uh, we're playing all those things that let us, we're playing Sensei's Divining Top that let us mess with the top card of our library. If we need to draw two, we just do like Opt or Brainstorm, then we do Predict. So we see like 700 cards deep, and then we draw two more cards. Neat. And you're also putting the top card of your car library into your graveyard. So if you're rebounding a graveyard getter backer for free from Tygom, you just get to pick what card you get for free back into your hand anyways. Okay. So good. All right, how about Scatter to the Winds? Okay, this one is a call out for F.U. Smitty. This is a three mana counter spell that is not cancel. Yep, that it is. Blue, blue, one, counter target spell. Seems pretty cancel-y so far. That's, that is what cancel does. Yes. Now, this also has Awaken 3. So Awaken, you pay the Awaken cost, which is paying the spell, playing the spell for blue, blue, four. Yeah. You cast it, but then you also put three plus one, plus one counters on a land that you control, and it's just a creature now. So if we're taking a bunch of uh, extra combat phases or turns or attacks or whatever with Tygom triggers, now we have a land that can attack somebody else, in addition to whoever Tygom's attacking. Next up, we have Spell Pierce. One mana, counter a spell, and let's controller pays two. Swan Song. Counter enchantment, instant, or sorcery, they get a bird for one mana. Winds of Rebuke. This is our first graveyard getter backer, I think. Blue one, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Each player puts the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. That is not a graveyard getter backer. That's a graveyard filler upper. Yeah, I like that. You're right. It also gets us something back. So those are the instants. Lots of counter magic, lots of card draw. Let's just continue that trend. Into the sorceries. Yes. First up, we have Call to Mind. Now, this is our first graveyard getter backer. Can we say that when we say that, what we mean is, relatively speaking, three mana, return an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. That is exactly what that does. Okay. Chart the course. Draw two cards, then discard a card, unless you've attacked with a creature this turn. Remember, we're attacking with Tygom so we can get rebound on our spells. Deja vu. Ooh, so excellent. This is the portal call to mind. The portal, graveyard getter backer. Fragmentize. I love this card. Underplayed criminally, I think. Destroy target artifact or enchantment with converted mana cost four or less. Straight up just for white. Why don't you just play Disenchant? It's white one, but it does the same thing at instant speed. Because this one costs white. But it is a sorcery. Maybe it's not criminally underplayed. Yeah, it's a sorcery. It's fine, though. Like It it gets its job done for white. That's mm -hmm. the point. Next up, we have Git Probe. Phyrexian Blue. Look at target player's hand. See if you want to counter anything. And then draw a card. Merchant Scroll. That is our one tutor. Uh, blue one, search for an, a, a blue instant or sorcery. Put it into your hand. Just instant. Oh, um, yeah. I'm okay with that. Next up, we have Not Forgotten. Graveyard Getter Backer. But uh, you get a 1-1 one, one white spirit with flying. Puts it onto the top or bottom, but we're still going to get it because we're just going to draw a yeah. card, like an extra card every turn. We could draw that card with 
Ponder. Yeah, blue mana. Look at the top three, put them back in any order, then draw. Or you could shuffle, then draw. How about Portent? Uh, that does the same thing as Ponder, but you can target a different player, and then you draw a card at the beginning of the next upkeep. And that doesn't mean your next upkeep, just the next upkeep. Right. It will be our next upkeep if we take a bunch of extra turns. <laughs> that is true. <clears throat> just throwing that up there. But we're not going to take extra turns just yet, because we're going to talk about preordain first. Yeah. Uh, scry two, then draw a card. Sure, for blue. How about relearn? Graveyard getter backer. Sage's knowledge. Graveyard getter backer from Portal Three Kingdoms. Serum visions. Draw a card, scry two. Sleight of hand. Look at the top two cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, other on the bottom of your library for blue. And that art is amazing. Yeah, that it's, I think is the Mirage one. It's so freaking bad. Yeah, Phil and Kaja Foglio do not do magic art any longer. Yeah, I, I definitely sometimes rail against the new ones. The new cards just looking too polished and too digitally retouched for my tastes. And this card is probably why they do them like that now. <laughs> yeah, so good. So terrible. Next up, we have Time Stretch. Here we go. Blue, blue, eight. What? What? Okay. Target player takes two extra turns after this one. Duh. Yeah. You know what the craziest play I've ever seen was? Remember that time stretch says target player? I've seen a wild ricochet cast on a time stretch. <laughs> me too. So yeah, I'll target, I'll change the target to me and I'll copy it and I'll target me. So I take four extra turns. <laughs> what? What the hell? It's like, thanks blue player. This is why you need free counter spells. So if somebody wild ricochets your 10 mana spell and you have no more mana because <laughs> you spent 10. <laughs> Next up, we have time warp. Target player takes an extra turn for blue, blue, three. Treasure cruise. Aforementioned, it's uh, delve and draw three. So it's blue, seven, but really it's just blue. Yeah. It's kind of like ancestral, but it's fair. Yeah. Now you only have... No, it's exactly ancestral, and it's not fair. It's so good. You have to exile your whole graveyard. It's a thing. Don't care. We care in this deck. You just talked about 17... We have more graveyard getter backers than we have take extra turns. Oh, yeah. Well, we have rebound. Hey, you know what gets really good? Treasure cruise when you rebound yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just spend zero mana on it. And it's better than everything. <laughs> um, for the record, graveyard getter backers, we do have six of them. And extra turn spells, we have two. So really, we have eight opportunities to take extra turns, provided we find one of the two extra turn spells. I'm going to suggest a card real quick, again, from Time Spiral Block, because it turns out I really like that block and everything about it. Walk the Aeons. Oh, yeah. It's got the guys like on time walk. It's got the dudes in it, and they're walking. It's a take an extra turn spell, but you can buy it back if you sack three islands. I used to use it to win games all the time. Yeah, you know what? As long as you have... Well, here's the thing. This is how it works. You attack with Tygom, and then you cast an extra turn spell that gains rebound. You get your extra turn, and on that extra turn, you cast that take a you cast that time warp from exile, so you get another turn. Then it goes to your graveyard. You use one of your six graveyard getter backers after you've attacked to get that time warp back into your hand. And then the getter backer goes to exile. You cast the time warp to take an extra turn, and it gains rebound. And then you Cast your graveyard getter backer to get your brainstorm or your portent, your preordained backer, whatever. And then you cast your time warp. And then you cast your other getter backer because you found it with that brainstorm you got back. Right? So you just cycle your graveyard getter backers and your 
and your time warp effects in and out of exile and your graveyard to take as many turns as you need. That's why this deck is so dirty because it shuts off everybody else's deck. If anybody's got a response, well, we've got how many? 23 different counter spells, some of which are free, right? And we've got a little sneaky enchantment that lets us win the game a little bit more efficiently than taking infinite turns like the competitive deck does. So maybe we go there right now. Yeah, we will go to, well, we go to the enchantment section anyway. So let's just hit that one up real quick. Sure. All right, let's hit some enchantments. Starting with Mystic Remora. Ooh, we played this last week. Blue, cumulative upkeep one. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, we draw a card unless they pay four. They never do. Lots of taxing effects, hey? Lots of unless they pay bleh. Let's keep those going with Rhystic Study. Yeah, whenever anybody casts something, they have to pay one or we draw a card. $18 common. Yeah, what in the actual F? Thanks, wizards. Search for Azkanta. This card's actually expensive because it sees play in, like, standard or something. Uh, whatever. Search for Azkanta, blue one. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may put it into your graveyard, which is an okay place for some of our sorceries. Then, if you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, it flips into Azkanta the Sunken Ruin. Give it a read. You had to pull it up. As Canta the Sunken Ruin, you can tap it for a blue. It's a land, legendary land. Taps for a blue or blue two tap. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a non-creature, non-land card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. That's, that, that's impulse uh, Yeah, yeah. That is impulse for, let's call it four. It's blue two and then tapping as Canta. So, so shitty impulse. I don't mind it, though, because we need to find those extra turn spells. Yeah, you do. Now, we could cut them and like play like the $85 ones, but eh, yeah. You know what You know what so else you could that. find? You know what else you could find with your Ascon to the Sunken Ruins? What is it? You could find Righteous Authority. Oh, my Lord. What is this piece I, of crap? I didn't know this card was reprinted in C18, but this piece of crap, as you say, is blue, white, Three enchantment aura, enchant creature. So we're going to enchant Tygon, probably, right? Probably. Okay. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one for each card in its controller's hand. Ooh. Yeah. So we're always going to have a full grip of cards with our 87 brainstorm effects. <laughs> okay. At the beginning of the draw step of enchanted creature's controller, that player draws an additional card. So it digs us, it buffs our guy, and it lets us. I don't know what. How do how big is Tygon? How many cards do we have in our hand? Seven. Should be like a ten, eleven. That sounds okay. I mean, if if we attack when we have eight or nine cards in our hand before we go to discard or cast anything, because we always attack before we play anything, so our stuff gets rebound. Two shot commander damage. Two pump chump. That's less than terrible. That's that's not the worst. You'll have to take one extra turn that way. Yeah, and you know what? Originally, that card was an Eldrazi conscription, but I thought, holy jeez, two 10-mana spells in the same deck with, like, very little ramp. Not as good. That's bad news. Yeah, this one only costs white, blue, three, so... Plus, it goes back better. to, um, you know, playing junk. <laughs> yeah, as you say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's check into some artifacts. These are pretty standard. There's a couple of spicy nuggets, though, so we'll get to yeah, those. Yeah, we're going to fly through the normals. And spend some time on the spices. Okay, here we go. First one, Sol Ring. <coughs> Second one, Azorius Signet. <coughs> Third one, Mind Stone. <sighs> Fourth one, Felwar Stone. 
Sapphire Medallion. Meh. Then Talisman of Progress. Have we ever played that one before? No, let's talk about that one a little bit. Okay, two mana. Taps for a colorless, which is great, but it can tap for a blue or a white, and it deals one damage to you. So it's like a pain talisman. Okay, now we can talk about some of the less common ones. Prismatic Lens. We've never actually played that one either. And that is two mana, taps for colorless, just like your talisman, but also one and tap, and gives you one of any color. So it kind of filters. It's neat. And it doesn't kind of filter. It does filter. Uh, yes, it does. Okay, let's talk. About, some of these aren't necessarily super spicy, but they're ones that warrant a little bit more attention. We have a Whisper Silk Cloak. Definitely, if you're not aiming to attach anything to your Tygum, it gives it Shroud, so it can't be targeted, and then it gives it Unblockable, or can't be blocked. Yeah, it's, it's very I, I think they call that Unblockable now. I think they do. So if you're going to go the extra turns route and take 10 turns in a row and just kill somebody with commander damage over 10 turns, that's how you do it. Yep. We have Sensei's Divining Top. We talked about it earlier. Yep. It's an artifact for one. Look, Then you can tap one, look at the top three cards of your library, put them back in any order, or tap, draw a card, then put Sensei's Divining Top on top of its owner's library. It lets you draw cards. It lets you predict more profitably. It does lots of good stuff. How about Graph Digger's Cage? Creatures can't enter the battlefields from graveyards, and players can't cast spells from graveyards. So it shuts off uh, your snapcasters, your flashbackers, and um, your reanimation strategies. How's about Cursed Totem? Ooh, okay. So this is a two-mana ditty, I think originally from Tempest, and then again in Sixth, something like that. Players can't activate abilities of creatures. It wouldn't go good with the Azorius Guild Mage we talked about earlier. Oh yeah, okay. Um, Graft Digger's Cage and Cursed Totem both go in like the CEDH lists because you're going to shut off commanders with good abilities, you're going to shut off any reanimation shenaniganery, anything that plays like Razaketh that tries to reanimate them as soon as possible. It's going to stop that. Okay, we'll just take a couple of minutes to check out some of the land. As we talked about before, Lots we took all the fetch lands and all that kind of expensive stuff out. So your basic two-colored mana base. Yeah, you're definitely playing the long game here because we're not playing a huge tutor package to find our turn spells. So you're going to have time to play your lands. Your Halimar Depths coming into play tap to dig you three deep. That's okay, right? There's a Memorial to Genius from Dominaria. Enters the battlefield tapped. You go white Four, tap, sack it, draw two cards. It's all right. Late game, I mean, it's two more cards deep, right? And CCO staple, we love this card, Rogue's Passage. Four, tap it, target creature can't be blocked this turn. Like that one. So if you're casting extra turn spells for free, I bet you have four mana to sink into this so somebody can't block. Bet you can. Yeah. It's a thing, yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, last one there, Temple of Enlightenment. It's a dual land that lets you scry. You could also play New Banalia from Time Spiral or whatever. That's a white scry land. That's okay. It uh, kind of goes along with your Halimar Depths, which is sort of like a blue scry land, sort of. Yeah. Okay. There's lots going on there. So there's our land base, and that concludes the cards that exist in this deck. What do you think? I think it's dirty as hell, Ryan. Oh, didn't change your mind at all? I think all? it's a dirty as hell Azorius control deck that takes extra turns then beats you to death to some little wankster creature. Yes. Yeah. I think it's dirty, but for a different reason. Do tell. It's very redundant, and the thing that I like least about it, despite having all of the cards in blue that let you draw cards, 
I feel like it suffers a little bit from Zata effect, which is um, there's only so much of a certain kind of effect. So you have to run all of them, even if they're subpar or redundant or less interesting than other cards. Or cost $90. Or cost $90, right? So there's only so many extra turn effects. And if you're playing the tuned version of this, you have to play them all. Or there's only so many effects that let you draw cards for one mana or two mana. And if you're playing the tune version, you have to play them all. Yeah. And I don't really like that. I don't like doing that kind of deck on the show. I do like playing that kind of deck. But, <laughs> yes, you do. Um, I, I don't like doing it on the show. So we put in the Righteous Authority. You could also sub out maybe an extra turn spell for something like Eldrazi Conscription. But then you only have one extra turn spell maybe you don't take extra turns maybe you just aim to cast um then your deck sucks <laughs> maybe you aim to cast like a bunch of bounce spells or like get your cyclonic rift back or get your devastation tide or evacuation we talked about those last week right yeah. or the week before maybe you aim to do that because you can just continuously bounce all the creatures i suppose yeah i mean but I think if you don't have the extra turn strategy in this deck in particular, what you're going to end up with is just kind of a crappy Voltron deck. Uh, yes. A, that is kind of what we're known for. <laughs> <laughs> but B, it's going to Voltron in such an atypical, weird way. It's not going to Voltron with equipments and enchantments and, and blah, blah, blah. It's going to equipment by, or it's going to Voltron by bouncing everybody's stuff repeatedly recasting your Tygom and equipping it with with uh, Lightning Greaves. Instead of the um, Whisper Silk Cloak, you could play the Lightning Greaves because it still gives it Shroud. And if you've bounced everybody's creatures, you can just swing in to an empty board. I suppose. And then you don't need extra turns because everybody's just got an empty board all the time. Unless they have a Kobold or like a, like a Care Keep. Or a, <laughs> yeah. or a creature with Shroud or that, a creature it. with Flash. That's or... it. Um <laughs> Play Armageddon. There you go. Yeah, but, destroy all the land. But then, then we're back to Dirtbag City. Yeah, right? Yeah. So. We haven't saved ourselves any dirtbagginess. I don't know. Do you want to go to strengths and weaknesses? We kind of already covered it, but let's let's do it real quick. Sure. Very controlling. Is it a strength or a weakness? Um, it's a strength. It's, it's a strength. Yeah, it's a strength. Plays the long game. So Also I, a strength. Yeah, I, I, I know that that's not always your thing as the aggro player. But uh, if you're looking to eke out that incremental advantage that we've been kind of talking about over the last couple of weeks um, off the show, um, this will do it. Yeah. Now, this this is what irks me about the blue players who think they're so much better than everybody else. <laughs> this is the kind of deck that rewards patience and very accurate threat assessment. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, that doesn't make you a bad magic player. It just makes you a bad person. It doesn't even make you a bad person. You know it's what? You're an it's... asshole when you tell people that you're smarter than them because you play blue. Stop doing that. Yeah. Just quit it. I like this one. Rewards politicking and getting your opponents to do the heavy lifting for you. Get them to do all the work and you just sit back and if it affects my Tagam, I'll counter it. Yeah. You attack you. Don't attack me. Eh? Of course, it also falls into that you only get to do that once. Because once people figure out that you're paying, playing 23 counter spells, eventually you're just going to get beat to death by a Vexing Shusher. <laughs> or a Carnage Tyrant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, eventually one of those big beaters that can't be countered is going to come into play, and it's going to just pummel your face. Yeah, something that you just missed that slips through your counter crack. Like, right? Things do that. Like I say, Vexing Shusher, it makes spells uncounterable. What do you do with that? 
Yeah. There's and not much you there's not much in the way of wraths. So there's only one real spot removal spell, so like it's And then not a whole ton of sweepers, right? We're only playing Rift. Yeah. We're not playing all the other sweepers and wraths and blah 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 that blue and white have access to. Yep. Yeah. So So you gotta be careful. Last strength, but I'm gonna roll it into the weakness. Okay. You see a ton of cards and you always have answers. You, I'm grain of salt. You always have answers. But weakness, you don't always have actions on every turn because your card draw spells are, lots of them are instant speed. You want to cast them when you have rebound. So you have to do it on your turn instead of at the end of somebody's turn. Or sometimes you're just going to have to not play something so you can hold counter magic up. And not everybody likes that. I think that this is another deck where we talk about the aggro effect all the time. You kind of run out of gas. Decks like this, I think, run into the control problem, which is when you're playing, especially in a bigger game, yeah, you can counter the most threatening thing, but it's really hard to assess what the most threatening thing is unless it's, like, if you're playing this deck and I'm playing Omnath, obviously you counter Omnath because Omnath makes me win. But let's say I play a doubling season to yeah. optimize my Omnath. Do you counter that or do you try and stop Evan from playing his Masaryk? Or do you, you know what I mean? That's you only right, get yeah. to, some turns you only get to counter one thing. And once you've countered the first guy's thing, now th- now you have three players, all of whom want you dead, who know that they can play whatever they want, and you probably can't do anything about it. That's why the blue player is better than you. Because they know what to counter, because they're better. <sighs> oh, I'm going to jump out the window. Yeah. Um, you know what? You actually touched on my other weaknesses. You are that guy at the table yep. who, well, responses, right? <sighs> You're that guy. And the other weakness is... This version of the list probably can't fight through multiple combo decks or multiple chain lots of effects together like Masaryk or like Omnath hitting, you know, their Splendid Reclamation. You can't fight everything all at once, right? You only have one Cyclonic Rift. You only have one Force of Will. I mean, you can get them back with your Graveyard Gitter backers, but that's how you're going to try and win, not how you're going to try and control. It's hard to use. It's difficult once you've used up a lot of your win conditions to try and not die. And yeah, not dying sometimes means winning. But sometimes, especially in a deck like this, you need to be able to secure a win because a three-four that attacks is not going to get you there. Very much so. Yeah. Let's move on to card of the, of week. the week. Week, 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 week. Question mark. Question mark. Well, what is the card of the week, Ryan? No. <laughs> I like this one because I think that you think that it's cool. Which one? Curse Totem. Oh, you're right. You're right. I like Curse Totem a lot. And we, I don't think we've ever talked about it on the show before. I don't remember. So, 6th edition or Mirage? I said Tempest. What I meant? Mirage, because everything that's cool is from Mirage, right? Turns out, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. The little palm tree. Uh, it costs five US dollars or 500 Canadian dollars, damned exchange rate. It's an artifact that costs two. Players can't play activated abilities of creatures. Yeah, no foil printings of this, eh? Oh, yeah. Dank. If only we knew somebody who could still pimp cards like this, possibly by painting over the border. Oh. That's, I, don't, I don't know anybody like that. but Never heard of them. Yeah. So that's kind of a neat one. I dig that. Getting back to the deck, curse total, five bucks. Lots of $5 cards in this deck. Turns out this whole deck, as it is on tapped out right now, 
$339. And that does not include capture of Zhangji, whatever, from Portal 3 Kingdoms. It's like $7,000. Yeah, like if you wanted to just increase the value of this deck by hundreds of percents, look at the CDH list. Yeah, doesn't include temporal manipulation, the Portal Time Warp. Does not include Nexus of Fate. The instant speed take an extra turn one that uh, goes back into your library so you can't get it back, but you can sure draw it again. Yeah. Plays Whisper Silk Cloak instead of Lightning Greaves, like I mentioned. Doesn't play Snapcaster Mage to get something back from your graveyard, right? So you could... Doesn't play Fetchlands. It doesn't play Instant Speed Snapcaster Mage, whatever the hell that spell is called from New Ravnica. It's like Blue One Surveil Player. Yeah. That lets you time stretch on turn two. Neat. It's pretty cool. I like that card. I like that now that you said that. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. So it doesn't play any of those, but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it needs a Talran Sky Summoner. Maybe that's how we win, hey? Whenever you counter spell, get a Drake? No, whenever you play an instant or sorcery spell just in general. Oh. So your Brainstorm gets you a Flying Drake now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but then it kind of turns into a Talran deck instead of a Tigam deck. Yeah. Know, it just gives it a different feel. That's why I didn't include it. Anyways. He could be cool as a jack-in-the-box backup win condition. Because we just finished talking about how the win condition is a little fragile. If you oh, had yeah. an extra one, that, that couldn't hurt. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Okay, goes along with your, uh, how many? 22 card draw spells? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Okay, 243 lists on edhrec.com. Puts him at, what is it, the 14th, I believe, most popular Azorius commander, stuck in between Temet Vizier of Naki Naki Mum and Isperia Supreme Judge. Um, I don't know what either of those cards do, honestly, and because they're Azorius, I kind of don't care, but uh, I'm sure that they are at least as good or slightly more interesting than Tygam, just based on where they sit in the list. Yeah, just continuing on the, um, I guess, the spice calculator stats, critical turn five. That's kind of when you cast your first extra turn spell, if that's how you're going to win, or that's how you cast, uh, or when you cast your righteous authority or whatever it's called. They're both five drops, and they both uh, do what you need them to do. Yes. To to, to um, execute your strategy. Yeah, they set up your win condition. Thus, if you continue along unmolested, you'll win the game. You very much so. Four player games only you can't fight through additional 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 absolutely not no. there's no way that this deck is going to win in a six-player game it will not happen one tutor which the spice calculator is fine with should be mystical tutor instead of merchant scroll oh yeah because a instant speed but b lets you find an instant or sorcery yeah, like yeah it goes to the top of your library but you can get your instant your extra turn spell you can get your graveyard getter backer spells all of which in this deck are sorceries yeah i forgot that merchant scroll only gets you instants so here's the thing that we run into, though. Uniqueness rating. This is the Zata effect we're talking about. Cards different than the stock list on edhrec.com. Only 21 cards different in our list. Oof. Yeah, so you punch it all into the spice calculator. Even with one tutor, we only get a spiciness of 38. Oh. Not good. Yeah, not very good. Not good, and that's even me cutting... That's even me cutting extra turn spells and trying to play, like, weird stuff. And you just... You can't do it. That's why Mana Tithe is in there. Not just for the, the lols and the trolls, but <laughs> to try and get it to be more spicy. And that's why Righteous Authority is in there. That's why I want to maybe put weird stuff in there. You know what I mean? Like Talrand or, or whatever. 
We talked about this last week. I just thought of this. Could you turn this into kind of a tempo list by playing things like Tempest of Light or Patricia's Scorn, things that blow up all enchantments or artifacts, and then flash them back on the next turn to make your opponents not, like, rebuild their stuff? Like, you ruin the Duretti player's whole life and then give him a turn that he can't rebuild because he knows he's going to get Tempested again. Like, would that be a thing? Would that be a strategy you could take in a deck like this? I think very much you could, just like, um, what do we say, delay? Yeah. Delay lets you know what's coming, so you play around it. And usually that means not overextending into the wrath that's delayed. Yeah, which means not even maybe sometimes extending into a better position on the board to try and win the game. I think think Tempest of Light destroys all enchantments. Yeah, Um, maybe that would be less relevant than... You know, a wrath of God, but it could be a it could be a thing. Yeah, I I think I think there's something to be said here about giving Tigram Shroud and also giving him indestructibility, yeah, or a way so to you blink can jam him. or blink him. Yeah, so you can jam your own wraths, right? As long as your wrath has rebound and then you can blink while it's on the stack. Yeah, it's like you swing wrath bound, blow everybody up. He comes back, swing again, wrath again. Like you can just kind of yeah. So there there is definitely room. The reason I wanted to stick with Tigom turns is because that is the competitive list. Yeah, and, and you can you yeah. can do it for like not two thousand dollars. Yeah, and that's what we're doing in this. That's what the arc is about. So here we are. Final thing before the final final thing. Whoa. The final thought of the day. That is, we've got the milk list. The milk list. Everybody loves the milk list. Yeah. So as per edhrec.com, the most popular cards by converted mana cost in the color combination that we're talking about today: blue, white, or as the kids say, assholius. Yes. At the zero drop slot, Pact of Negation. We are playing that. Yes, we are. I have a feeling that we're going to be playing lots of these. <laughs> Me too. Soul Ring. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rift. Yes. Ooh, Detention Sphere. No. Not. Ooh, okay. Supreme Verdict. No. Vencer the Sojourner. No. Sun Titan. No. Angel of Serenity. No. At eight, Dig Through Time. Yes. Yes, we are. Iona Shield of Ameria at nine. Nope. Omniscience at ten. No. Temporal Trespass at eleven. We could play that one. That is an extra turn taker with Delve. We're not playing it. No. <laughs> Blightsteel Colossus. Nope. Emrakul the Promised End. Nope. Dinkmouth Infusion. One day. One day. One day we're going to count that. You know, here's, here's the thing. Uh, I actually own a Dinkmouth Infusion now. I know that. I got I it in it. a small collection I bought. <laughs> and now I want to burn it. And we're still not playing it. The whole collection I want to burn. Not just... <laughs> not just. Well, it already burned you. You might as well get it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just set it on fire. Uh, final card. Emrakul the Eons Torn. No, because you can't. Four Milklist matches. That's not too bad. Not too bad. I'm going to give it an honorary spicy... Because it only got four milk list matches. Sure. Okay. Final thoughts of the day? Sure. Final thoughts of the day. Now, while this deck isn't really my jam, I know there are lots of people out there that like to play this kind of thing. And I like to think that we have just given you a way to do it without everybody being able to just roll their eyes at you and call you a big piece of shit. Because, I mean, you still kind of are, but you're less so, and that's very important. There's also ways that you can go... By taking your, the commander that we talked about today, we went turns because that's what the CEDH list that we were tuning down did. But you could also go with a swingier tempo strategy like we suggested where you use wraths and give your guy blink effects and indestructibility to kind of get him through. And that way you could go up into those big games, which gives you tunability and buildability, which is really important in any deck that you're going to build, especially when it's going to be something dirtbag like an assholiest deck like this one. And that brings us to the end 
of our, I guess, most recent arc. I was going to say brand new, but that's not true because it's been going on for five, six weeks. It's not new anymore. And we're going to be back with you tomorrow for our very, very first bonus episode. If you can look at your calendar and see what date it is, it'll probably give you a hint as to what the content of that episode will be. We're going to announce our contest winner. We're going to do a fun deck for you guys and so much more on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Asshole is...